Welcome to the Brand Bank. This is where you build your wealth of knowledge on branding. How do you build your business's online presence? How do you establish your personal brand? How can you be seen as desirable by your clients? Join our host, Sam Neo, branding expert, as he invites different experts to add to the Brand Bank every week. How do you build yourself up to be a thought leader? We talked to Adrian Tan, who went from being a nobody to becoming a highly sought-after expert in HR tech. In this episode, we find out about three content traps aspiring thought leaders fall into, how you know your content has potential for going viral, and how to distribute your content effectively so you can build yourself up. Listen more to find out. Hey Adrian, how are you doing? Hey Sam, thank you for inviting me to your show. Thanks for joining us, really appreciate it. You know, you have all these titles that we've seen online, right? All the future of work strategist, global HR tech, thought leader. Let us talk a bit about how did you get there? I mean, it's not overnight, definitely, but there must be at least one success element that got you there. So if you can attribute just one key pointer, right? What would that key pointer be? Or what's the superpower that you had to get you there, basically? I think the key thing would probably be content marketing. And maybe I can do a bit of backstory. Okay. So after I've exited from my first business, which is a recruitment agency, I wanted to join a tech business uh, because I was so sick of dealing with people. Just want to deal with tech. Uh, so I interviewed at LinkedIn, Hire.com. I didn't get the job. So I thought, you know, I'm still interested in this subject matter uh, and I enjoy writing. So maybe I could use writing as a creative outlet to express my interest. And so that's how things got started. So initially it was just writing about what's out there, um, about certain things, certain trends that I'm spotting. And along the way, I actually came across this HR tech market map by CB Insights. Uh, obviously, since mm. CB Insights is US-based, it covered primarily uh, North America. I was trying to find an Asia or Singapore version. I couldn't. By then, I knew about 18 HR tech companies. So I basically put all their names into a Google sheet. I sent out to all the founders and asked them, do you know anyone that should be on the list but not on the list? Surprisingly, each of them mm. came back with two or three new names they have not heard of. And that's how the list got started. And of course, when I had a spreadsheet, I was like, hmm, okay, um, maybe I should put this into a market map. So Backside Ichi, I go and engage a designer, put everything into a map. And I think that is really the turning point because when that map went live, and it was a nicely designed one, uh, things really snowball and compound. And people start seeing me as the go-to HR tech expert and uh, people start coming to me to write certain things, appear in events, uh, speaking sessions, and things just snowball from there. So let's talk a bit about this map, right? So you mentioned about content marketing as the key superpower that helped you. And one of the key things that kind of propelled you was this HR tech map. Uh, walk us through a bit of the process. So you mentioned that you reached out to a few people, each of them gave like two or three names. How, how did it kind of get more traction along the way? How did more people find out about this thing? Were there like advocates on your behalf and how did this content just you know, spread like wildfire basically? I, I think the key thing is really to leverage not just on my traffic, but also the traffic of all the names on the map. So the first iteration mm. of the map, there were like maybe 71 names, if I'm not wrong. And for any of these companies okay. to be on a map, to be profiled somewhere, uh, in a way where their reach could be magnified or amplified to their target audience, it is always a plus point. So by letting them know, hey, this is going to launch, uh, this is the tea date, uh, would you be okay to share about it? And all of them did. So essentially, I have a team of 71 hype team, you know, uh, helping me to really uh, amplify the traffic 
when the map went live. And of course, uh, it would also reach into the hands of some of the users, buyers, HR people, and things would just amplify from there. So, But I think the key thing here is you really have your net promoter. And for me, the first layer of net promoter would be the HR tech vendor themselves, whom I tried uh, painstakingly to profile onto the map. So basically what you shared is that content marketing is not just about creating good content, but you need people to distribute it for you, right? And you, you shared a very interesting term, which is your hype team, the people that are your advocates that have something in for them that they want, you know, to kind of spread your words for you. And you mentioned at the point of time, 71 people actually started to spread this word, this tech map for you, and it worked out really, really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct. So the concurrent uh, traffic, the concurrent uh, spread of this uh, new map really helped to amplify. And of course, when they were to spread things out, they were also mentioning things like, oh, check out this HR tech map by HR tech guru Adrian Tan. So I never say anything. Suddenly, I become a HR tech guru and things just amplify from there. You know, we always say that the best guru are those that people term you as guru, right? Not self-proclaimed guru, essentially. So you mentioned that because of this tech map, right? It opened up a lot of doors. You mentioned conferences and stuff like that. So Let's see how about audience decipher this a little bit. If assuming now we create a very good piece of content, I get a lot of people spread for me. What are different ways that I can leverage on this piece of content to get my name out, to get my brand growing? Um, I think there's a few ways. Uh, one, of course, is really to try to get the maximum reach as much as possible. And uh, mm. it can be broken down into the different channel that you're residing on. Obviously, given my subject matter expertise, it would be it make more sense to do it on LinkedIn, followed by Facebook. And lastly, if I have time, then Twitter, lah, because in Singapore, Twitter traffic is really bad. So uh, that's one. But I think most importantly is most of the time when all these things happen, it will always drive a viral loop uh, where more people may mm. be interested to find out more about such stuff or some extra aspects that are not being answered or entertained. So that could come in the form of, like I said earlier on, speaking engagement, asking you to write articles here and there. Uh, and of course, uh, for myself, in my year two, I was actually commissioned to do market map for four other countries. So wow, the key okay. thing here is really trying to see how you can, uh, in, in, in a blunt way, squeeze every single drop of juice lah out of this content mm. because mm. ultimately you already put so much hard work into it. But having said that, that content need to have some value to begin with. You you, you have mm. gone to Hawker Centre, you know, and they try to try to strain uh -huh. that sugar cane until really no juice and then they throw it away. If your content is as flat as a drained sugar cane to begin with, there's really nothing for you to get out of it. So there has to be some meat and it has to have some form of differentiation. One of the key things, if you look at the HR type market map when it first started, was no one did it in Singapore or in Asia. But I do mm. feel that uh, it is needed. And I did not really do a pulse check whether people really need that HR tech market map. I didn't go around HR people, hey, HR tech market map, do you think you'd be interested? One of the things that I also realized when it comes to market, content marketing is you want to put up content that you yourself as an audience will be interested to see. It doesn't have to be the person mm. that you are right now. It can be the person you are one year ago, two year ago, or three year ago. You have to be your target audience. If you also don't want to read your own content, it is just like the, the example I always give people. If the uncle that sells you tiao don't eat his own tiao, ah, something is wrong with the tiao. <laughs> Nobody will want to patronize. <laughs> so true, same thing. True. You have to do something that you will read, you will enjoy, you will want to share, you will want to opinion about, and that would naturally help to drive the kind of interest as well as the targeting of people who may be in the same category as yourself. 
So essentially creating a good piece of content is like whipping out a good dish, right? We need to make sure that before we, we serve others, we must taste it. We must enjoy it and be proud of it before we go out. So my follow-up question, Adrian, right, for this is, when do I know that the, the, the piece of content or the, the dish that I'm whipping up is at least good enough before I can go out to the market? When is it exactly ready? Because there's no perfect item, I guess, but when do we know it's ready to roll out to the market for a start? Honestly, I think you will never know it because uh, perfection mm. is always being defined or adjusted. Uh, the more content or the more information and knowledge that you have, uh, which is why we have this term called the curse of knowledge. La. The more you know, the more mm. you think you're not ready for things. So what I would suggest, and also if I look back at my HR Tech Market Map, I did not just not do anything, suddenly come out with a HR Tech Market Map and boom, everything skyrocket. No, I did a lot of writing. Um, I tried different kind of genres. When I first started, my writing was more mm. on recruitment. Then I went into career management. Uh, then I talked about entrepreneurship. I even wrote about parenting. And ultimately, I decided oh. to spin them off into different blocks. Otherwise, the positioning was a bit too roja. Uh, but end of the okay. day, I shrunk it back to HR tech, which I felt was something that I am much more interested and proficient to write. So you do have to do a lot of experimentation, trial and error. La. Ultimately, the best kind of feedback you can get is when you put things out to the test, the taste test, essentially. So you just have to put it out there and see what kind of feedback you get. Even no feedback is a piece of feedback. If nobody is reading, nobody is engaging, mm. what could be the problem? Content problem, uh, you did not put any work into promoting the content or could it be a totally different angle? Uh, your writing is too dry. So you have to decipher all that uh, once you have the content out there. So a few things you shared, right? Just like whipping up a dish, you need to constantly experiment and try and see what tastes good, what doesn't taste good. And it's not just about your personal taste, but get feedback. No feedback is also a kind of feedback that we need to pay attention to. I think one point you briefly mentioned as well is then we also need to kind of learn how to focus, right? And segmentize our content. You can't just have like a, a rojak, a chapalang kind of, you know, content where you have everything under the sun and becomes no focus. No one knows what you're good at, which is why you eventually segmentize your parenting, your HR tech and whatever it is um, into different segments itself, like you mentioned. Hey there, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. This episode is proudly sponsored by StoryBuddy, Asia's first AI storytelling employer branding tool. Head over to storybuddy.co to check to create your free account today. If you like what you're learning so far, we want to challenge you to post the keynotes of what you're learning on social media and tag us. Think of it as a step to strengthening your brand. So with that in mind, what do you think help you stand out as a, as a thought leader? You know, I see as a thought leader. You know, people, when you say things, people listen, especially in the global HR tech scene. Beyond the tech map, was there other thing that helped you enhance your personal brand as that global HR tech leader? Um, I think it's, well, I know this word is a bit overused, but the authenticity behind it, um, mm, trying mm. not to make things too polished and also constantly, mm. if possible, try to address the elephant in the room. So often I go always go straight to addressing the elephant in the room because these are things that people do not want to talk about. And maybe I could just okay. give on the flip side. Um, the things that people tend not to engage with uh, usually come into three key buckets. Uh. One is the content too generic. Now too generic okay. is because you want to, you essentially want to please everyone. You want to sell ice cream. You want to make everyone happy. Uh, so the content become very plain vanilla and very, very generic. Okay. 
the second thing is you will lack original insights or ideas. So you're essentially rehashing the mm. same thing. This one I think is still quite okay. But of course, it's not going to lead to much engagement. Uh, but it's definitely better than having generic content. But the third thing is it becomes too salesy. You're actually just trying to sell something mm. rather than addressing the needs or the questions uh, people may have in their head. So the third thing is something that I'm seeing a lot of people do. And when you do it, you are on the path of destruction, essentially. You are just mm-hmm. turning the educational content, which it should be to begin with, into a sales content. Nobody wants to go through their LinkedIn, Facebook or Twitter feed just to read a brochure or just to go through a demo. They wouldn't want to do it, but they want to know what, is the differentiation between what you are bringing or what is your certain opinion to certain things within your subject matter. Those are things that people would want to engage with. And of course, with that, it is, you're also putting up the optics that, hey, actually, I am the expert in this space. If you're truly interested mm. in HRMS, you're interested in an employee engagement platform, you should come to me. So that's the kind of indirect sales that you should do rather than go straight in, hey, come and support me, leh. especially now, support local, leh. You know, because of yep, the situation. Yep. <laughs> I think that is a bit too blunt, too blatant. It may work maybe 20 years ago, but not in today's context. Help us decipher this a little bit. Let's break it down in the simplest form, right? So you mentioned about, you know, building up the, the the content so that you build towards your brand so that there's no need to sell essentially. I, I like that because that's what I focus a lot on as well. Question to you is then, at what point should that individual, whether it's entrepreneur or corporate person that's trying to build this brand itself, become a bit more proactive in terms of selling. Because, you know, we can build the content all we want. We hope that leads come, we hope that people come to us, but it's still a waiting game and it's not very proactive in a sense. So at what point can people start maybe selling a little bit or in what way can they sell so that it doesn't come across as too salesy in your opinion? I think within the school of marketing, content marketing actually has quite a long funnel process and when it comes to Mm. putting up your blog posts, your content, it is just at the first layer which is essentially to attract attention. So after I try extra attention, mm. what's going to be next? So in my case, previously, I provide lead magnet. So you have the HR tech market map, you have ebook. People can read and download more and find out more. What's the next mm. thing? Or maybe you can do webinar. Uh, maybe you can do a Zoom, ask me anything session. So these are things for you mm. to deep dive a little bit because you have to understand a buyer's journey is very long. For someone who have not heard of you, you if you go straight and tell them, come and buy from me, they will say no. So you have to be mindful mm. that, oh, they are still they don't even know what is thought leadership. They do not know what is HR tech. You need to educate them first. And of course, once they are down the funnel, then that is where you want to learn more. You want to learn something more advanced, uh, come to my webinar. Uh, you, it's a paid webinar. It's a free webinar, whatever it is. And this is how you bring them through the funnel as they are getting more and more ready. So if people can have this better understanding of this funnel process, I think it will give them a better indication of, okay, it's not blog posts. Uh, dot, 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 connect straight to sales. is blog posts. You need to have conversations with them. You, you need lead magnet. You need further discussion. You need webinar, so on, before you come to a conversion. Again, you have to bear in mind, when you first start out, people do not know you. So the cycle can take some mm. time, especially in the B2B market. Essentially, you're talking a lot about relationship building, isn't it? I mean, value exchange, relationship building. You spoke about the different ways to create that value. You say blog, you say all the lead magnets, like your, your HR tech map, for example. So essentially, we need to think of from a brand building perspective, how can we create good value to give first? Attract people to us, and then using the, the funnel that you mentioned to slowly get them closer and closer to you so that they know you, they trust you. I think trust is also an important point before they want to engage you for anything. Yep, that's absolutely true. 
Okay, so so let's talk a bit about beyond that tech map, the blogs. For those who are just about to start out, let's say on the branding journey to build their own brand, from zero to a thought leader, what are some maybe interim steps that you think they can consider, you know, start thinking or start doing basically? So imagine if you're starting new, uh, asking you to jump straight to have your own domain, own blog, that one might be too much of a friction. So you may want to try, mm. especially in the professional space, just try to write something on LinkedIn be it as an article or just a simple post. Now, the next thing people may say, but I do not know what to write about. Ah, not to worry. You mm. don't have to write. You don't even have to start from scratch. You can firstly try to examine and identify trending topics within your space. So let's say your space is mm. mechanical engineering. Uh, there are websites like, for example, uh, Ahrefs, uh, Basumo, where you can just put in the keywords and uh, mm. the system will be able to tell you, okay, based on these keywords, uh, mechanical engineering, these are the most trending topics or most trending blog posts. And then you can see how to repurpose and localize them in Singapore context. So that's one. The other thing could be just to provide some form of opinion. So again, onto the mechanical engineering thing. So let's say um, automotive engineering, uh, let's say SMRT breakdown again, for example. Uh, touch wood, okay. uh, I hope that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, nobody taking train now, everyone working from home. Uh, so imagine if something like that would happen. If you're a mechanical engineer, you can always put up an opinion post about why is this happening so frequently? Are there things that they should look into? Or maybe are there things that they have not explored deep enough? And then try to connect them with all the theory concepts that you have learned in school. Uh. So I think that is also one good way to put it out there. Now, having said that, of course, you have to bear in mind, opinion is something very tricky. There's no right, there's no wrong. There's only left-leaning or right-leaning. Mm. Chances are, whatever opinion you put out there, some people are going to hate it, which is fine, which is fine. Steve Jobs also have plenty of haters and look how successful mm. he became. So you have to, of course, uh, be comfortable that there will be haters, there will be flamers, but you have to take it in stride. Lah. Those are not your target audience. No matter what you do, those people will not buy from you. One, It is completely fine yep, yep. because in a real-world scenario, you can never make everyone happy. Even sell ice cream also cannot make everyone happy because there are diabetics <laughs> out there. True, true, true. Okay, so Adrian, before we conclude today's session, a lot of good insights in this short interview itself. If there's one thing that you like our audience to take away today in terms of building their thought leadership, get started on the journey or content marketing related, what would be that one piece of advice, that superpower that you hope everyone out there can get started with so that they can get on this meaningful brand building journey itself? I think for everyone out there, um, regardless of the topic, the best learning is actually through doing. Uh, instead of going through hours and hours of different causes on what is content marketing, how to do thought leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, don't just, just start doing something small. Just start doing it. You can have the typo, you can have grammatical error. It is fine. You learn from doing. Because I personally went through the same thing when I was uh, trying to start a YouTube channel. Uh, oh, I need a teleprompter. Mm. Okay, I'll drag a few more weeks. Oh, I need softbox like Oh, drag a few more weeks. Oh, I need a boom microphone. I'll drag a few more weeks. End of the day, nothing gets done. And when I got started, I'm like, mm -hmm. eh, actually not so hardly. And now I can even do post-production where it's not exactly top-notch, but at least there'll be certain things like, you know, things moving from left to right, a bit more sophisticated. And all these things would never have been possible if I just decide to read more textbook. Textbook only tell you so much. La. I think we've already seen this in many instances where um, many companies have started to hire people based on portfolio, based on what you can do, rather mm -hmm. than your degree from NTU and all that, which honestly is quite meaningless. La. 
so mm-hmm. uh, for all the people out there, please give it a try. Uh, whether you may like it or not, that's subjective. You have to go through it before you can pass judgment. Thanks a lot, Adrian. So basically, get started. Don't think too much. Experiment along the way and you'll find your niche you know, towards this brand building journey. So with that, thanks a lot, Adrian. Thanks a lot for your time and hope you guys enjoy the session. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. We hope you like the podcast. Find us at I'm EB Man on social media. And for more insightful branding content, follow Sam Neo on LinkedIn. Link in bio.